Hello, welcome to another amazing episode of the Dre and Smiley, the Inner Circle Podcast. All right, so Smiley, we got a great guest on with us here. I'm going to read a quick bio, then we'll jump right into it. Jennifer is a dedicated and passionate coach with a focus on empowering midlife women to unlock their full potential and achieve remarkable success. Drawing her extensive experience as an Army Reserve Officer and Program Leader, she has coached mentored, trained, and led individuals to unlock their true potential throughout her career. However, her true calling lies in supporting women during this transformative stage in life. Jennifer firmly believes that midlife is a period of immense potential for growth, self-discovery, personal and personal fulfillment. Her coaching philosophy revolves around empowering women to tap into their inner resources, discover their true passions, and set meaningful goals. With the goal, whether the goal is to reinvent a career, improve relationships, prioritize self-care, or rediscover one's purpose, Jennifer is dedicated to supporting and championing every client every step of the way. With that, Jennifer, welcome to the podcast. Thank you both. I'm so excited about this. This is awesome. Awesome. Great, great. We're so, so excited to have you on. So let's start from the beginning. So tell me about what it was it about your background that allowed you or kind of guided you through the journey of, you know, leading people, specifically women, through midlife? Yeah, you know, a lot of it was, you know, I so I was, I was in the Army Reserve. I was married. And it, you know, it, I didn't, you know, my, 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 my life didn't really start to happen until I was about 35 or 40 years old. Okay. Okay. Honestly, um, I was in the army reserve, um, before that, right. I commissioned out of, out of college and all of that, but out of college also, what I did was get married, start a family. We've got, uh, had one son, um, you know, and, and life doesn't go as you think it's, it's going to. You know, and, and part of that, I think, is because we we try to do what other people want us to do. Yeah. You know, yeah. I grew up in a town of 1,200 people. Okay. My uh, father graduated high school and started started working. He was drafted okay. to Vietnam and then came back after that and just worked, 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 worked. So my mm-hmm. mindset was, you know, you, you know, you get started, you build a family and you work, 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 work. Yeah. You know, or, or at least what, that's what the men did, right? I, sure. I didn't know what I was supposed to do. You know, I I thought I was supposed to stay home, mm. take care of the family. Mm. But what I didn't know was that 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 wasn't that wasn't really who I was. Mm. You know, and my career didn't start until after I chose to get out of a situation that wasn't serving me anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I chose to take ownership of my life. Um, you know, and I, and, and the, the big word there is, is, is I chose, we all have the power to choose no matter what our situation, Sure. you know, even, even if we're in a bad situation, we can choose to be happy and joyful with inside of ourselves. Mm. We're alive. We're here. We're breathing. And the possibilities are endless. Yeah. Right. If, if we can tap into that. And, and that's, sure. you know, what I started to realize 35, 40 years old. And, and part of what drove me then 
I think was a little bit of fear. I hadn't really supported myself before. I was worried how I was going to survive. I didn't really understand who I was and, and the potential I had inside of me. And I think, you know, maybe a lot of women kind of go through that same thought process. You know, I'm in this situation I don't like, but I can't, I can't see beyond it. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm scared of what might happen instead of thinking about, I'm so excited for what could happen. Mm. You know, what stands out to me, Jennifer, as you share that story, I imagine it is um, empowering when you share that with other women that you coach and that you help along the way to say, listen, I've been where you are, for example. And what's interesting, you touched on a couple of things that also stand out is, you know, oftentimes we're caught in this box, right, where we're expected to follow this path that will lead to success, right? There's a, there's a path that's laid out. As long as you follow these exact steps, everyone else that's followed these exact steps, it will lead you to, you know, a lifetime of freedom, success, and happiness, you know, the white picket fence, the, the, the two kids and dog, you know, that's, right. that's another thing, right. but that's not, right. that's not, re- that's not reality. If right? I do X, Y, Z in my twenties, yeah. then my thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties are going to be great. Exactly. But it's not, that's not reality. It's not reality. <laughs> so something, a question that, that, that comes to mind as you share your story and a lot of people get to a point, you know, at some, at some stage in their life where, whether they're, you know, leaving a relationship, leaving a career, um, something something unexpected happens where they have to pick themselves up. Where did you find the resolve and the drive and everything else it took to say, you know what, I can, I'm going to brush my, myself off here and I'm going to be able to move forward? Yeah. Um, God, probably... A couple of things. Um, when I was in junior high school, my father got into a car accident. Mm. Um, he had been a very heavy drinker. And so the car accident was, was self, self-inflicted, right? Mm. He, he was most likely under the influence and distracted and whatever it was and lost control. And we almost lost him. And he, he bounced back. And I watched him go through you know, the, the rehabilitation he had to, to be, they had a whole floor in one of the hospitals, um, in Kansas city, Missouri, it was research hospital back at the time. I don't know what it is now, but there was a whole floor dedicated to occupational therapy. And and he was set up in an apartment there so they could come and train him how to do all of the everyday activities before they let him go home. And, and, you know, once he was home, he still, you know, there, he didn't have use of one of his arms. He, you know, wasn't, wasn't moving around too good, you know, and just, but watching him and his determination, I think was probably the first part. It's having, having someone that you can, and, and honestly, whether it's a family member, it's a friend, pick up a book and read a fascinating story about someone who's, who's been through a lot and, and know that, that you can get through it too. find, find some sort of inspiration. I think that was the first part. And then, and the other part, there, there was always something inside of me that I didn't really tap into until towards the end of my marriage. I'm meant for more. This isn't where I'm supposed to be. So, so how am I going to figure that out? Right. And, 
you know, there was a lot of, a lot of things, you know, that, that happened, you know, that we don't, we won't get into now, but you know, that, that I did should have, you know, probably could have done differently. It didn't serve me. It didn't serve anybody else, but I always knew there was something more. Mm. So I actually tried to go back to Kansas city after my divorce and, and take a job and just be close to family. And cause that's what I thought was the, you know, the right thing to do. Sure. But I couldn't do it. I made it two years. <laughs> I had I had managed to buy a little house. I was working at the time, bought a little house, but it wasn't doing it for me. So I put the house mm. up for rent. I went, I ended up going down to New Orleans to work with a friend of mine. She wanted to run a craft service truck in the movie business. And like, okay, oh, wow. good. So I put in my notice, set the house up for rent, took a truck, went down, and we worked on this movie for a month. And the industry dried up. Oh. And, and not once, I mean, I was a little worried because the money was like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm, I'm pushing 40 and I've got, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, but, but I, I was a little worried, but I didn't, I didn't worry. Right. I, one foot in front of the other, there's, you know, figure it out, figure it out, figure it out, figure it out. And, and I, you know, it, it's almost part of it's an innate feeling to push forward but I also think that that is inside of all of us once we realize what our potential is. And sometimes we just need a little help, you know, whether it's, it's fear or lack of confidence or maybe, maybe lack of resources, right? Well, let's brainstorm how we can find those resources. Who, who, who do you want to be and what do we need to do to get you there? Because anything is possible. Sure. Anything sure. is possible. Yeah. You know, as, as you share that story, Jennifer, it brings to mind another guest we had on that went through something similar in terms of a transition period. Mm-hmm. So she worked for the Coast Guard for, I want to say, 18 years. Mm-hmm. And she developed a lot of um, health issues yes. because of the level of stress, oh my. How, unhappy, mm-hmm. how unhappy she was. And she got to the point where she realized, I can't do this anymore. Right. And 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 left. And I, I want to say it was two years before she yeah. hit the retirement age. Everyone around her, right, was part of that group that says, follow this path, lead to success. You can't leave. You only have two years. She's like, I'm done. If I don't leave now, right. it's, it's literally going to kill me. Right. When she left, it wasn't easy. There was a period where she was on her brother's couch for a year or so. She had developed a lot of bad habits. But I, I see it as kind of what you described that I would label as kind of a cocoon, right? Yeah. When she came out, she came out a you know better version of herself than right. had, had ever been. Right. That, that's kind of what, what, what I hear when I, when I, when I hear Well, story. and while you were talking about that, the other thing that comes to mind too is, you know, and I'm late forties and I haven't started my own career yet. I like, I've just been kind of floating around cause I was always in the army reserve while I was married and, mm-hmm. and, and he was active air force. So we moved around a lot. So I really didn't have anything to, I wasn't, I didn't have anything going, right, you know? Right, and so, right. but, but what I did was dig deep into, I, I ended up from New Orleans, Katrina hit. I ended up in San Diego, big long. Anyway, I got a lot of stories. So ended up in San Diego, landed a full-time job. And, and in kind of in between that period, I remember my father telling me, and this is right, we're talking about a high school graduate, blue collar worker, 
means very, very well, but that's all he knew. Mm-hmm. So he's telling me, and Sissy, call me Sissy, you just need to find a job, get in with an employer and get yourself a retirement. Mm. That was his mindset. And he meant well. He did mean well. And I actually fell into that. And so Mm. I I got the job, 2006, started a career with the employer that I'm still with now. Um, It's been 17 17 or so years. Mm -hmm. It's been a real good run. I went back and got my master's, got certifications. I worked, worked, worked. But I worked, worked, worked. And, and I, my friend circle was small and I wasn't able to be as creative as I know now that I am or can be. Mm. And, but the, but that push, 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 that fear of failure, that, that I, if I don't make it, nobody's going to be there to pick me up, you know, two or three years ago, I was, I was about through the roof. I was. Coming, I, you know, I was starting to experience symptoms of burnout and, and sure. not nearly as bad as, as the person you were talking about, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, anxiety attacks, mm-hmm. depression, avoiding people and situations because I just, I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it. It's too much. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. not being able to, not being able to work with leaders who are, Maybe not of the same mindset, right? Maybe a little now, you know, people are talking about toxic leadership. There was a little bit of that. And I didn't know how to handle that. So I was, I was, I was tight and in a ball, you know, and, and only until I got a coach, Uh, you know, I was able to start digging into myself and what I really wanted, you know, and, and honestly, what it really comes down to is I just want peace. Mm. I want to be happy every day. I want to be joyful every day. And it makes my heart sing when I can help somebody else do the same. Love it. I love it. Yeah, that's amazing. So tell me, when you define midlife, is that a, a... stage of emotional development or is it a certain period like 35 to 45 or how is that midlife defined when you speak like would you talk to someone that's a college graduate mm-hmm. lady or a woman in her 60s maybe is that in life or how do you define midlife yeah i think you know i think you know as from from the numbers i think it's a very wide range i think it depends on the person right okay. you could have you know someone who started their family really really early And now they're, you know, 40 years old and the kids are off to college and, and they're left kind of wondering now what, because you've lived for that for so long. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge transition, right? To kind of, okay, I don't have anybody to care for now. So what do I do? Right. So I think a lot of women go through that or women end up getting divorced unexpectedly later in life. And now they've kind of got to figure it out. And a lot of people don't know how to sit silently with themselves. And so when when all the noise, all the activity, all the people go away, what are you left with? If, if you don't know who that person is inside, if you're not comfortable with that person. Then you're going to. Yeah, you know, it's going to be really, t- it's going to be a little tough. It's going to be a little tough. 
I was working with do you. you find it, it? Say that again. Oh, I was, was going to say, do you find a lot of the uh, women who experience emptiness syndrome, meaning I've been caring for these other lives, the other beings, all of their lives. Now they're off living their lives and I'm by myself or even I, I empty nester with my husband here because I've dedicated 20, 20 plus years to someone else grooming, growing, getting them ready for the world. And now they're gone and I'm stuck here with him <laughs> and, I, and I'm just stuck here. What do we do now? I mean, right. it's silent. So right. do you, um, so when you, do you work with or coach representatives from uh, ladies all over the country, all over the world, or do you concentrate in Louisiana or you said you're in San Diego, do you do it locally <laughs> or is it a seminar? What, tell yeah. us about your business and how you, how you coach. Or is it virtual yeah, and like I'm this? in Colorado Springs right now, but um, okay. you know, if I've, I've coached people virtually, so global, you know, if, if we can work out a time and, and there's a connection, I think not everybody's for everybody, right? You know, I'm going to connect with somebody and and they're not going to be able to connect with with somebody else. So I think it's important to that the energy's right and that that there's there is that that deep connection because then you have mutual trust, respect, and you can have the open dialogue and and you can get to kind of the root of it all. I was coaching one woman and she um, she was recently divorced. Um, she was in a marriage where there was a little bit of um, maybe maybe mental abuse where she had had kind of lost her confidence. She came to me, she was just looking to um, really just to, to rework her resume. She was also wanting to go into project management, which I've got the experience for. She's like, hey, I'm, I wanna try and find a new job. Can you help me rework my resume? Sure, okay. But there's always something deeper. There's always something deeper, you know, and, and it ended up, and, and I forget how we came to it exactly, but it was, it was about confidence. I said, I said, think back to a time when you have that confidence that you feel like you're missing now, you know, and, and, and she went, you know, but she went back, back, back and rediscovered this person that was confident. You know, she was degreed, educated, intelligent, but this, this situation had kind of, kind of brought her down a little bit and she forgot who she really was. Do, do you find this came up and I thought it was amazing because um, it's the imposter syndrome, whereas men, we have confidence based on no facts. And then you have a, a lot of women with facts and experience, but they have that low self-esteem or that lack of confidence. So do you find it's uh, cultural or let's say is it gender based? Because Dre and I will go to a basketball court and someone will think he's he's Magic Johnson or he's LeBron James and he has no experience whatsoever with the confidence. <laughs> wait, wait, the wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> I, I'm not talking about Andre, I'm just saying. <laughs> Where, whereas men, it seems like men, even in the corporate America, people act like they know everything and they have zero experience, zero knowledge, but so much confidence. And you're like, where is this coming from? It's not coming from experience, not coming from education, not coming from your literary, your literal experience of reading things. Where do you get this confidence? And then you have ladies who have masters, PhDs, written books, and there's, there's no confidence. Do you see that's gender or is that cultural? Is it American thing or is it just our society? 
You know, I, I don't know. I almost have to say all of the above. I think it depends. Everybody's unique. Everybody comes from unique backgrounds, situations. Um, I remember a conversation with my mother. You know, I, I told her I wanted to be something and, and she flat out said, you can't do that. But I didn't hear. We're too far away from the city. We don't have enough money. I don't know how to help you with that. All I heard was, I'm not good enough. Oh, you know, so, so what, what have you heard in the past that has given you a perception that, that you're not good enough and you have to take a step back because, because it is just a perception because we're all good enough. F figure out who you are, who you want to be, what you want to do and, and go for it, man. But believe you can do it. You got to want it, believe you can do it and go for it. And, and I'm so glad you said that. Just one follow-up, because you're right there in Colorado. And, of course, Dion he exudes confidence. Dion just put Colorado on the map, from my perspective, from college football. But his his confidence, but he steps on experience and confidence. He's like, I know I can do this. I've done it, and we're going to do it together as a team. And he just, that belief, that inner belief just takes you up to another level when you could say, internally i can do it yeah well no that's that's fascinating tell me one one thing is when you're doing your coaching do you have books are you online is there a website or how do people find you when they let's say someone's listening is like you know what jennifer resonates with me we're on the same wavelength i would have talked to her yeah. as a coaching yeah, experience. I'm, on LinkedIn. How's the process I'm on linkedin and i have a website where folks can schedule um a lot of times it's been it's been word of mouth um, through, through referrals, which is kind of fun. Cause I like, you know, if I, if I've helped help somebody and I resonate and they run into somebody and, you know, if, if, if I've really done something for them and they're, they're good to go, then they're gonna, they're gonna tell somebody else. And, and maybe that somebody else will call me. I don't know. It's a little more personal. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I, I do have the website and, uh, trying to, trying to put myself out there a little bit more. Great. Tell me this, Jennifer. So <clears throat> it sounds like a number of the examples you've shared about people coming to see you for coaching is when, you know, they, there's an issue, there's a problem, mm -hmm. there's, you know, this moment where it's like, oh, I'm, I'm about to implode. For those listening, right, mm -hmm. what signs can, should they pay attention to? that might suggest I probably should see a coach now before I reach that point of, you know, low confidence, um, high anxiety, um, complete loss and despair. What are the signs they should pay attention to that might suggest, you know what, let me reach out to Jennifer to, to you know, get a, get a handle on this before it's out of control. Yeah. I mean, gosh, if there's any kind of situation that you feel you're not happy. And if you're not wanting to, you know, you're laying in bed a little bit longer every morning because you just don't want to get up and, and do the day, you know, that, I mean, it's a lot of, you know, maybe, yeah, some days I, I decide I'm okay. I'm just going to lay here a little bit longer because it feels good to lay here and I don't want to, I don't want to get up yet. But, but I remember back, you know, there were a lot of days where, you know, you hit snooze, you hit snooze, you hit snooze, and you're kind of, you are, you're already laying there starting to ruminate about, about the day instead of choosing to make it a good day. You know, put both feet on the floor, say thank you as you step and pop out of bed and, and want to do it. If, 
if you're not happy with what you're doing, it's time to reassess. If you don't have the energy you feel like you used to have, it's time to reassess. If you are, if, I don't behavior, some, a lot of, maybe people start to overeat. Maybe people start to be a little bit more sedentary. Um, maybe people are trying to avoid social circles. Um, you know, as that, as that grows and culminates and all of those things start happening at once, you know, don't wait until, until things are really, really bad. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah. Just, just, and everybody needs to talk to somebody and, and, and you talk to your friends, you talk to your family and, and a lot of people, you know, that there's judgment there, right? We're too close to, to them. They think they know us. Right. But, but not, not so much. And so an, an independent third party that can, can, can sit with you and not judge and ask thoughtful questions and allow you to dig deep inside of yourself where the answers are. That's the, that's the key. That's the key. And I think nope, nobody really needs a coach, but everybody should want a coach because it's awesome. Yeah. So two, two things that I pulled out of that, Jennifer, one is, um, you're very engaging. I feel like I'm in a private coaching session right now, to be honest with you. So, so, but 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 the, the two things I pulled out, one is that in terms of the, the, the need, the feeling you have of you should, should probably consider getting your coach is going to be different for everyone. So mm -hmm. the takeaway is pay attention to yourself and how you're feeling and what your needs are. And based on, you know, if you're feeling off, if you feel like something's different, you don't feel happy or as happy as you felt in the past, those all might be signs of, hey, let me see if I need to speak with someone. Yeah. The second thing I pulled out was that, um, you know, find someone that has that, that has your best interest at heart. You know, it's easy. Well, it's bigger than that, actually, because your dad had your best interest at heart. Absolutely, he did. Right? Absolutely. So I guess it's someone, it's someone that, you know, um, thinks outside the box is probably a better term, but that's what comes to mind right. for me. Who thinks outside the box where if you tell them, Hey, I want to make a hard pivot here, get a food truck, you know, and sell whatever. What do you mean a food truck? They don't have retirement plans on food trucks. You know, you, you, <laughs> you don't want that person in your corner. You want someone who could, who can, you know, brainstorm it with you and, and go all the, over all the pros and cons. Um, and, and it's not easy to find, you know, both Smiley and I have, have, you know, different endeavors we've, we've gotten involved with that I'm certain, uh, you know, investments, things like that. I'm certain those that don't understand those types of investments might say, what are you doing? That's, that's a whole lot of money you throw out of the window, you know, type thing. Um, so, so I, I guess, I guess what I'm trying to, 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 to kind of uh, put a, a fine point on this as, you know, Speak to people who who, who are like-minded in some ways, who aren't going to shoot you down immediately. Did I did I capture that well? Right. Did I yeah, that yeah. Well it's like you know, and the people closest to us, everybody's always trying to solve our problems. You know, oh well, you should do yeah. this. Well, yeah. man, just you know, just just stay in the job three more years, you'll be fine. You know, it's just th what's three more three more years. Well, what's three more years if I'm miserable? Right. What's three more years if I'm losing myself? What's three more years if I'm supposed to be doing something else, mm. but I'm not willing to take the risk to find out what that is. Yeah. You know, yeah. we see what we see, 
But all the stuff that we don't is where the magic happens. Yep. Oh, I like that. I like that. We see like what that. we where see. We see what we see. And then you said, what'd you say after that? All the stuff we don't see, that's where the yeah. magic happens. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. I like yeah. that. I like that. I, the, the question I have is, you touched on happiness. Mm-hmm. Why, for men and women, why is happiness so elusive? Mm-hmm. Is it because of how we see ourselves? Or is it, like, we were just talking, uh, Dre and I was saying, I met Dre during the pandemic. We were doing a push-up thing. And we weren't making any money, weren't spending any money, weren't out of and about, but we were just push-up, doing push-ups during, like, 20 <laughs> 20 months of the pandemic, there was 10 guys who didn't know each other. Each one knew somebody, but we didn't know all each other collectively. And we did this for 18, 20 months, and it was so happy. And we weren't spending any money, no drinking or anything. And that was so mundane, just doing push-ups. And that would seem to be a happy period. But once again, is it that people don't find happiness in the little things, or is they are seeking this mythical unicorn called happiness. Yeah, you know, and I mean, I'll just speak from my point of view. I think, I think I was, you know, I, it seemed so out of reach, this happiness. So elusive, I think is a really good word until we understand that this isn't something that's just going to happen. It's something we have to work for. It's something we have to want really bad right? Everybody's going to wake up with bad days. There's all the negative emotions that come in. You know, there's sadness, there's frustration, there's anger, anxiety, whatever those, those, and I won't say negative emotions. I don't think they're bad emotions. I think they're emotions that help us continue to dial in to what is going on inside of us, right? And with, with every, every emotion that's maybe lower on the scale, right? There's an equal and more powerful positive, happy emotion that's there. And so, you know, to kind of acknowledge where you're at in the moment and, and then really understand, I mean, happiness is a choice. There's a lot of people out there that don't agree, but happiness is a choice. I can choose to sit in misery. I did. I chose that for a long time. I chose to sit in misery. But now I choose happiness. And if I know that I'm waking up and I'm maybe not, you know, I'm a little off that day, it's time to stop and sit and and let's, you know, get back into a place where I'm towards the happiness, the happy person that I want to be. You know, and give yourself a little grace somewhere in between, you know, because it, it may not happen right away. But it won't happen at all if you're not thinking about that happiness and being happy. You know, if you wake up sad, stop and think, maybe put a smile on your face. It's really hard to be upset when you're smiling. Yeah. yeah. I'm so angry at this person. Yeah. <laughs> that just made me so mad. <laughs> that's that's yeah. a really difficult thing to do. So, sure. you know, if nothing else, just try and smile. Love and it. then it'll Love totally it. build from there. Love it. Okay, so we're gonna, we're gonna transition. Um, we're gonna transition to the final four and have a transition question for you. Okay. So you've shared a lot. What's one thing that your friends or people that know you, former clients, etc. What's one thing that most people don't know about you that you mm-hmm. wish they did? 
that I am super introverted. Mm. And wow. I really am. Mm-hmm. And but I'm I'm bubbly when I'm out talking to people. I like people. I love people. Yeah. But my energy doesn't come from those people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, at times I'll hit I'll hit this brick wall. Like, okay, I got to go. And, you know, and I know that I need to go and spend some time with myself to build up that energy again, to be able to be the person that I want to be, mm-hmm. you know, for myself and for everyone else. And, yeah. and I think there's a lot of people that, that maybe don't understand how much people can be introverted, right? There's different levels of introvert, yeah. extrovert, all of that. Yeah. But, but for me, you know, I, I need a lot of time. Yeah. You know, and if, if you're wanting me to go somewhere, go out to dinner, do this, do that. And sometimes I feel like I say no and people are like, what? But yeah. we had a really good time last time. Let's go do it again. Right, right, like, right Okay, right. but not now. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> not right now. Right, yeah, yeah. I still love you, know, you, but not now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. From, I still love you, but from a distance. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, it's funny, Jennifer. I'm the same way. I'm, I'm pretty much an introvert. Um, I laughed recently on social media. There was this realtor who put on a post where she uh, she's getting into her car from just having shown a house. And she closes the door and she goes, only five more houses, only five more houses, only five more houses. <laughs> I can do this. I can do this. I can do it. Because, you know, she's an introvert, you know, but you have to be on when you're so, 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 so what you're, what you're sharing uh, resonates with me. I, I'm the same. I enjoy being around people, but I yeah. really enjoy it. I don't have to be. My son and I have a thing. I guess there was an article posted a while back. I don't even know who wrote it, but it was something about about spoons. I don't know. Okay. Like we, we all are allocated so many spoons and, and every time we interact, the spoons get taken away. And so uh, sometimes yeah. I'm on the phone with him and I'm like, I don't know, Corey, I got to go because he talked to you right now. He says, I get it, mom. You're out of spoons. You're out of spoons. <laughs> you're out of spoons. So, like, Just tell me you're out of spoons, mom. I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, well, I um, before we start the final four, I travel a lot. And I, I enjoy getting on the plane because I get to make a new friend. So whoever sit next to me, introvert or extroverted, they're making a friend. Because I'm like, hey, how you doing? Nice to meet you. Where are you going? Where are you? And, and I can tell the introvert is like, oh, my God. Get away from me. Headphones on. on. Right, right, right. <laughs> I'm like, excuse me. Excuse me. Hi. Yeah. Jennifer, Jennifer will be next to you like, I'm sorry. I can't, I can't, I can't hear her. That's exactly sorry. what I do. Like my headphones on. I'm like, oh. <laughs> One lady was like, I don't speak English. I was like, me either. She started to speak to me in Spanish. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> As the title four, if you were to if you were to have dinner, speaking of dinner, with yourself and three others at the dinner table, alive or dead, who would you have dinner with and why? Myself and three others. Yourself and three others, or you could say yourself. Or we have one lady. She's like, I don't want to have dinner with anyone but me. <laughs> like, okay, you know what? I would absolutely love to sit with Ralph Waldo Emerson, mm-hmm. Napoleon Hill, love Napoleon, Eckhart Tolle, mm-hmm. and let's throw Oprah in there. What the hell? <laughs> okay, Oprah. Okay, and why? <laughs> oh, why? 
what I know about everything that they've written and everything they've done, I think there's a lot of similar uh, beliefs and thought processes, but yet there's different, right? There's a generational thing there as well. And, and, and also with, with, um, uh, gosh, the diversity bringing Oprah into it, Mm -hmm. you know, I just, Mm -hmm. I just feel like that would be the most dynamic conversation. Mm. Love it. Can you imagine Oprah talking to Ralph Waldo Emerson? (laughs) Can can we come to that dinner, please? (laughs) Right. 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 I want, I want that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So what's, uh, what's been your greatest success? Me. Ah. Becoming me. That's a great answer. Wow. Becoming me. Because for years, I that's a for years, I didn't know, I didn't know who, who I was, what I wanted for me. I knew what I should probably do for everyone else. Mm-hmm. But, but to just be able to be with me mm-hmm. comfortably without anxiety or worry mm-hmm. is, is the greatest thing ever. As you, as you say that, imagine if, because, you know, I'll, I'll say for, for me, as, as I've gotten older, you know, I've gotten more comfortable, with, you know, more confident. But imagine if we had this level of comfort and confidence and happiness in our 20s. Sometimes I think about that. like Yeah. And, you know, I always say, if I knew what I knew now, that right? Right? I would have been deadly. Yeah. I would be, right. I would be yeah. awesome. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. But... Yeah, 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 yeah. The key is, if I hadn't gone through all of that, right. I wouldn't know and appreciate right. what I have now. Exactly. Exactly. Right? exactly. The trick is just to not wait quite that long. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but it's a journey and, and we're all on a certain path. And it's it's just, you know, the grace we give ourselves and the patience we allow ourselves and and the yeah. appreciation of everything we have, no matter where we're at in life, is so important. Amazing. Here's one for you. Superman flies. The Hulk is really strong. The Flash runs. And Wonder Woman has her invisible jet and her truth lasso. What's your superpower? What's something that's uniquely Jennifer that's your superpower that no one else has? My energy and high vibration. And when I walk in the room, the whole room is elevated. Hello. I know this now. I love that. I I know this now. Awesome. I love yeah. That. yeah. That's okay. Cool. Awesome. What um, if you were to write an autobiography? Mm. What would the title be? And I have one. If you can't think of one, you know, a long time ago, I thought I was going to write one, and the title was going to be uh, "Someday I'll Hang Curtains." Oh, someday I'll hang curtains. <laughs> but back in San Diego, I finally was able to buy a condo. And I had to laugh one day because I had all these windows I had to decorate. I put up plantation shutters. <laughs> Why not curtains? <laughs> we spend a lot of time thinking about what we think we need, what we think we want, but we don't we don't really dig deep enough to to, mm. to, to figure that out. And 
I was okay with or without the curtains. I, I, I don't know. It's like whatever kind of analogy or whatever that is. No, no, I, I get know. it. I get it. Let me ask you about that. So, so my, my, it. it sounds like <laughs> the book title came as a symbol of having that independence, having your own. Is that where the title came from? Tell me it was actually working. more. I think it really came from because my ex-husband was Air Force. We moved around a lot. And even after the divorce, I, I kept moving around. I kept moving around. I kept moving around. I just didn't, I couldn't, I wasn't in one place. Every two, three years, there was a move. And so I think it was more about being stable, being an, you know, being in a, being in one house, being, but, but the, on a deeper level now, I know it's about being comfortable with myself being comfortable with the person I am, no matter where I'm at, right? There's a deeper meaning, I think, behind that. Fascinating. Yeah. Now, this has been, Jennifer, this has been most inspirational and profound. I love that title, or the way you said, Becoming Me. Yeah. We all became ourselves. Yeah. We would find our happiness because when you're talking, I just thought about it. What made me happy with doing push-ups was the mundane. If someone told me while I was doing the push-ups it was happy, I, I didn't I didn't even feel that. I didn't think I did, but as we talk and look back on it and I longed for the camaraderie and everything we shared, I was like, man, I was actually at peace during these push-ups that I dreaded. But once again, it's like it's it's I like that becoming me. So yeah. thank you very much for being on the podcast, sharing your words of where, wisdom. And your experiences with us and our listeners. Thank you very much. Thank you both for the opportunity. It was a real pleasure. Yeah, it's been fun. It's been fun. Jennifer, something that stands out as as we had a chance to speak with you is that you really have a passion for this. Um, As as we move forward here, I'm going to start thinking about people that, you know, I'm sure it'll be hard for me to suggest to them, hey, you need a coach. But as I come across people uh, that are open to it, I'll definitely send them your way. Oh, I appreciate that. That's awesome. For sure. That's awesome. All right. Thanks again for being on the podcast. Appreciate you guys. 